Alright, so I'm going to kick 2019 off with a bang, and I'm going to be introducing the 2019 Reboot Higher Ed, Higher Ed Disruptor Alert. On today's show, we're going to have Don Medley, who is the Associate Vice President of Wayne State University, and Don is going to be sharing with us uh, the Warrior Way Back uh, process uh, that Wayne State has implemented. Now, the Warrior Way Back relieves past student balances of former Wayne State University students who did not graduate. That's right. So, I think you're in for a treat. We're going to talk um, everything from the why and this, the genesis of the Wayne State University Warrior way back to um, where they are today and the process in between. So I uh, know that plenty of you already probably have questions on how do you do debt forgiveness and how does that actually work uh, with your students. Um, and uh, let's uh, not wait any further and let's get right into the show. Welcome to another episode of Reboot Higher Ed, a podcast that is focused on the non-traditional and graduate student base. Uh, So today I have a special guest. I'll be uh, speaking with Don Medley, and uh, Don is Associate Vice President of Enrollment Management at Wayne State University. She is responsible for domestic and international undergraduate admissions, the campus one-stop enrollment services shop customer relationship management and campaigns, and all Title IV financial aid and merit scholarships totaling over $330 million annually. Her areas of specialty are in communication life cycle creation, program creation, financial aid leveraging, and geodemographic analysis with predictive modeling. She has worked in various leadership and faculty positions focusing on student recruitment, retention, financial aid, and marketing at large, small, private, and public institutions. They include Warren Wilson College, University of Arkansas, Missouri University of Science and Technology, and at the high school level for the Illinois Mathematical and Science Academy. Don was just recently selected the 2018 Detroit Moth uh, Grand Slam champion. Don, uh, thank you for your time in advance and welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for your time. So, Don, you're currently the uh, right now you're uh, vice president of enrollment management at Wayne State University, uh, but you've you have uh, had quite a path, um, and it looks like I have a lot of experience uh, in uh, enrollment management and all, all facets of it. Uh, Paul, that that's a really flattering way of saying that you know I've been around for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Business, so. Um, yeah, I, I have, and and I think that that all of that experience kind of led me to Wayne State and led me to the city of Detroit, and and led us to this program. That's good. You know, Don. So the reason that um, that I have you on today, obviously, is uh, wanted to talk about uh, some recent success and something that I know that has been trending in uh, those that are in the, in the higher ed and enrollment management circles. Uh, the Warrior Way Back, uh, which is a campaign that. Uh, Wayne State uh, University has, and I, and I don't want to steal any of its thunder. For the listeners uh, not familiar with the Warrior Way Back, could you explain how it works and, and who it serves? I sure can. So um, about a year and a half ago, we partnered with the Detroit Chamber of Commerce, and we submitted a, a Lumina uh, Talent Hub proposal, and were soundly rejected. 
and uh, went back in and decided that the proposal we put forward were pre you know was pretty sophomoric, and we decided to redo it. And the group of um, potential students that we decided to focus on were adult students who had disengaged with higher education. And in looking at you know various credit reports and indicators. In the southeast Michigan area, and predominantly Detroit, we have almost 700,000 students who have some college but no post-secondary credentials. They don't have an associate's degree. They don't have a baccalaureate degree. And so the crux of our proposal and the crux of what we're trying to do here in Detroit is make sure that we're re-engaging those adult learners, bringing them back into um, higher education and helping them find a way to success. And so that's really kind of, you know, what we started. Um, Warrior Way Back evolved from that. And honest to God, if anybody's familiar with, with Detroit, there's a highway called the Lodge. It's also known as M10. And some days, you know, it's like the Audubon, and some days it's like a parking lot. And one of those days that it was a parking lot, I was sitting there and I was like, how are we going to get these students back in? Because they owe our institution past debt. And as anybody in higher ed knows, that if a student owes you money, then, you know, you're going to hold their transcript hostage. And you're not going to let them come back to school till they pay that debt, and you're not going to let them go anywhere else. And so, basically, the impetus for Warrior Way Back was to figure out a way for students to learn their way back into higher ed and be able to pay off some of that past debt. Yes, yeah, so I've seen the uh, tagline, and I'm, I'm guessing this is your all's or someone else's, but the, the re-enroll and learn away their debt. That's, that's exactly what we did. And so that morning that I was stuck on the lodge, um, I was listening to um, NPR, and there was a story on about forgiving parking fines. And I was like, if a city can forgive a parking fine or a library can have kind of a debt jubilee where they say, hey, just bring us back our books and, and we'll be good. I was like, why can't a higher ed institution do that? And so what we did is we looked at those 690,000 students in the Detroit metro area and we tried to figure out how many of those were Wayne State students. Real simple way to do that. We go out, we look at the National Student Clearinghouse, we see who was enrolled at, you know, and they and then they left Wayne State, and then they didn't enroll anywhere else, and then pull that list back and look to see who owes us past debt. And once we had that number, we decided that any student who owed $1,500 or less in back debt to the institution, that we would make them eligible for the Warrior Way Back, where each term that they're enrolled, if they successfully complete that term, earning six or more hours, um, with fees are better and they're making satisfactory academic progress, we forgive a third of that debt. So in three terms, they can have their entire $1,500 balance wiped clean and they can be three terms closer to their degree. That's a, you know, and the, the concept and the way that you went about it, um, you know, I, I think that others in that work in higher ed and enrollment management have, have maybe thought about, like, what could we do? Um, but you just went out to a resource that's available to everyone, which is the National Clearinghouse. That's, uh, that's correct, which, yeah. And we just kind of drill down on the data? Yeah, so that's, and it was really simple. And, you know, I always tell people, they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, and how did you do your cost-benefit analysis? And, and how did you know what your ROI would be? And how did you know, how did you know? And I said, you have to understand, I am an English major, an undergrad English major. I said, so 
I did some really difficult calculations on my big button calculator. That's what I did. And I pulled it out and I said, listen, if a student comes to us who isn't currently engaged with the institution, who isn't paying back their past due debt because you have to have been out for two years or more. So a lot of those debts went to collection. We'd already written them off. We weren't getting that revenue. So it wasn't hurting us at all. And this way, we're kind of giving a $500 scholarship to a student who's already familiar with our institution, and we're incentivizing them to come back. We do require that they complete a FAFSA so we can see whether or not they have any remaining financial aid eligibility. We sit with them individually and we talk to see if maybe their employer has tuition reimbursement. So we're just trying to figure out a way for them to be able to finance their education. And so in the first semester of the program, we actually brought nine students back who graduated in December. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and they had just been completely disengaged with the institution. They had stopped out. You know, they, they weren't going to be alumni, and now they are. And we had a positive return on investment of over $200,000 in one semester with this program. Wow, and that's so that answer. So you kind of just touched on uh, uh, a couple of points that would go along with my next question, and that is, so, you know, talking about, you know, we, we present these ideas and, you know, you, you have your big button cal calculator and you, yeah. know, you have the concept down when you first um, and I'm assuming there was pr probably maybe some others involved working with you when this was pre pre presented to university leadership. What what was the initial reaction? Well, I have to tell you, um, I have an amazing provost. His name is Keith Whitfield. And he's pretty much, you know, either go big or go home. And, you know, he'd much rather us try 10 things and fail at nine and have that one that comes through just glowing. So he is an impetus for a lot of the new creative things that we do on our campus. And so I talked with him about it. and He said, all right, let's talk to the CFO and see what he says. So really, I sat down with he and Bill and said, this is what I'm thinking we could do. Because as anybody will tell you in the Midwest, we are in a birth rate and high school graduation rate decline. And in Michigan, we're there for at least the next 18 years. So the traditional incoming freshman is not going to be um, a booming market for us because there's just not enough bodies to fill the seats that we have. And so we have to be looking at engaging and re-engaging students if we want to keep our enrollments up. And so this is a market. Um, this had potential, and I was able to demonstrate that if we brought a student who wasn't paying their past due debt back, who, you know, could then re-engage and generate net tuition revenue for us, that we could actually come out ahead. And I'm happy to say that my calculations were right, and we had a good return on our investment. But they were very supportive. Well, and not just a good return on the investment, also uh... – I would say a residual impact with uh, those families that are tied to the, what you say you had nine graduates in December? We so. did. And, and the, the families and the lives changed. And there were things that we didn't anticipate. So yes, when somebody comes back to an institution and they earn a baccalaureate degree, it opens up a whole new level of employment for them and career path trajectory. But what we also didn't understand or, or anticipate was the goodwill. 
So we had a lot of students who came back to the institution who really didn't need this program, who didn't owe past due balances. But because we were out in the community talking about this and really, play, you know, saying this is what we're doing, this is Wayne State, we're committed to you, we had other students who returned because they could see that we were walking the talk and that we were a different institution. Um, we also had students who were able to come out of collections and now they can get a, a car financed or get an apartment because when you're in collections and your credit is negatively impacted, that affects a lot of aspects of your life. And so that was an, a residual effect. And probably the other one was just the positive experiences that our staff members have had in their interactions. I mean, we all talk about going into higher education because we want to make a difference in the lives of students. This was hands-on transformative change in the lives of students. And we don't get that a lot in higher ed, especially at large institutions. And so our folks were able to do that, experience it, and really get back to their altruistic roots of why they went into higher ed. And so, yeah, so it, it changed students' lives. It changed employees' lives. Our faculty are motiva motivated by it. And it really has been just a huge source of of goodwill and and a re-engagement of the community around higher education. Don, when you were making an evaluation as far as looking at, I know there's a lot of data that's been out about the, you know, the birth rating and the traditional student versus the non-traditional student as far as uh, enrollment uh, predictions. When, um, what, Wayne State, what what is it something that, what, what do you, who do you all you normally serve or do you have a, kind of a persona of students? Are you more traditional undergrad in the past? Or can you, um, can you tell me a little bit about the, the demographic of uh, your student population? Yeah, I sure can. So Wayne State, um, we've been around 150 years. We just had our sesquicentennial. But up until probably, I don't know, the late 60s, we were a commuter school right in the heart of Detroit. And so still to this day, 90% of our students come from within 30 miles, and 98% of our students come from within 100 miles. So despite the fact that we're a, re, you know, a Carnegie One level national institution with a med school, a law school, we have 27,000 students on our campus, we still have very much a local population of students. So we're the most diverse campus in Michigan, we um, partner with Michigan State and Michigan as part of the research triangle in the state of Michigan. And we serve, you know, traditional undergraduate freshmen all the way up through professional level students. Um, our students, you know, tend to work. Um, over 50% of our incoming freshman class was Pell eligible, so we have students who have low income. We also have a high percentage of students who are first generation. And so previously the institution was not as focused on student success. And so when we began to look at those students who hadn't been successful, you know, our graduation rates, we were just recognized by APLU as having the fastest growing graduation rates in the nation. And my perspective was that's great and we've improved for the students who are here. What are we gonna do for those students who didn't succeed when they came? And so that was another reason for us to reach back out to go back out to those students and say, hey, we're different. We know that you are different. Let's see if we can't try this again. That's, that's, uh, that's good to know. I mean, it's, it, you all have uh, definitely have already had some like 
early on success and I can only see more success coming as the war gets out. When did, when did the warrior way back, like when did it like officially launch uh, for these so, students that just took advantage of it? Yeah, we had a um, announcement at the end of May. Um, the chamber of commerce um, runs a statewide policy conference um, at Mackinac Island at the end of May. And so our president made the announcement there and without any other publication, promotion, marketing, we had over a thousand inquiries. Awesome. And yeah, so um, people were hungry for the program. And, you know, we also had a lot of students who were like, hey, I didn't go to Wayne State, but can you help me figure this out for my institution where I went? Or, hey, I don't owe an institution money, but I'm in default on my federal loans. Can you help me with that? And so, We've been able to help students, you know, and it's all about meeting them where they are and getting them to the next step. And so we've been able to do that. And so we officially announced the program in May. Um, and then basically we spent June and July with our hair on fire getting it launched. And we rolled out in, um, you know, the first day of classes, end of August, with, um, you know, right at, I think, 58 students enrolled. You know, and so uh, with the, the individual attention, I mean, it, it, it took a lot to get those 58 students up and running. And as you know, with your focus on non-traditional and adult students, they have a lot more in their lives that they need to move and shift in order to be able to go back to school. So we were really pleased, you know, with, with the number of students that we were able to, to re-engage in that two-month span. You know, another thing that you all have done, uh, so those, that initial inquiries after the, the Mackinac Island uh, presentation uh, is you, you kind of stirred the pot a little bit and disrupt some things because there's uh, going to be other schools that students have gone to that are going to say, hey, uh, Wayne State did this. Are you all doing anything like that? Um, I think that the kind of uh, it can, it can be a game changer for other adult students uh, that have gone to other universities, even outside of Michigan. And oh, th so that's, that's great news. That's exactly. We hope to be a higher education disruptor. And yes. so that's really what we're trying to do. And so we've continued our partnership. We were designated as a Lumina Talent Hub. And so working within our region and some of our community colleges, because we are also willing at this point, if a student maybe has 40 hours at Wayne State, but it's not feasible for them to continue on to their baccalaureate degree, we're willing to transfer those hours to one of our community college partners and allow that student to work toward an associate's degree. Because again, it's about them getting a credential so that the entire ecosystem of Southeast Michigan can benefit. And so we are working with partners, helping them figure out ways to have debt forgiveness. Macomb Community College, one of our partners has done that. Oakland University, which is one of our prime um, cross-app schools, we've been helping them create their own debt forgiveness program. So we're trying to make sure that that happens for other institutions within our region. And I can't tell you, I've probably spoken maybe to over a hundred different either community-based organizations or other institutions of higher learning or community college systems or chancellors about how they can also create something. And I think everybody's amazed because they're like, this is a really simple idea. And as you know, sometimes the simplest ideas are the ones that are easiest to implement and have the biggest impact. 
but you betcha, it's been a disruptor in higher education, and you know we're we're excited about that. We like being a leader. We like people looking to Detroit and to Wayne State University for you know how to re-engage adult students. No, and I think someone could even listen to just what you've what you've shared here. Um, you know, also. Um, um, and I'll have your contact information um, that you, you provide me, uh, the, the best methods. Uh, so other listeners can maybe uh, email or, or, or phone you or some, somehow get in touch with you on LinkedIn. But uh, I, I think that I've, one, of the, one of the things I did want to touch on real quick was, um, so there's probably those that are, that are out there saying, hey, this is a simple kind of concept. Um, and we know with the simple concepts, though, it's sometimes it's, it's, people can get in the way of the simple concepts, um, uh-huh. just right. So with what are some of the barriers that just initial, obviously you will overcome some of those, but what were, what are some of the initial barriers that, um, that, that you encountered, um, that others might as well. Um, and we don't have to go too down far down the rabbit hole, but maybe just touch on some of those and then maybe a, a solution or two, uh, that you found. Right. So um, I'll give you a couple of institutional barriers. Um, The first one was that there was a belief that a lot of students would drop out, sit out for two years, and then try and come back because they wanted to take advantage of this program. Well, that's just silly. Nobody's going to postpone their education for two years. I mean, they're dropping out for other reasons. And so that was kind of one of the first kind of naysayer comments we heard. And I was like, Nobody's going to advise anybody to drop out, you know, for a past due debt of $700. We have emergency loans. We have emergency grants. We have a lot of ways to combat that without a student, you know, going to drastic measures. So that was the first one. The second one, I think a lot, and in my conversations with other institutions, CFOs aren't sure how this is actually a, a, a good proposition for the school. And so it's about breaking down barriers for the students. And one of the unintended benefits that that we have seen is that students who owe over that $1,500 threshold, the whole reason we set that is that's the hold we'll lift to allow a student to re-enroll if they're current. And so that was why we picked that number. But what we didn't anticipate is students who are past due in collections trying to pay their balance down to 1500 so they can be eligible for this program. So we've had students that we'd written off their debt, and it was larger, who've decided to come back, re-engage, and then try and re-engage with higher ed. So that was really possible and, and great. The two things that, that I think that I would offer as advice, um, we have students that we had to go out and dig paper records. So they haven't been enrolled since they were, you know, like in the 1970s. And so just being very um, aware that the institution they left and the institution they're rejoining are very, very different. So mm-hmm. focusing some, some one-on-one advising and counseling, they have no familiarity with like a learning management software system like Blackboard. So getting them, you know, up to speed with what current college environment looks like, um, we wanted to make sure that they came in and they had a lot of support and a lot of success. And so I think whether or not somebody has passed due debt, that's something that all colleges and institutions need to be aware of. So when we put the proposal together, we set up that for every additional 100 students that we brought into the program, that we could then hire a position to support them because we know that adult students need 
more support to re-engage with the higher ed landscape. So those are just some words of advice that I would offer to your to your listeners as they go through and, and try and create something similar on their campus. Yes, thank you, Dawn. And another, one other point, and uh, I, I, I won't bug you with any more questions, is just... No, you're fine. <laughs> what did... How, so you had, um, you know, addressing those uh, barriers with some solutions and staying in that conversation. Um, besides the CFO, uh, what other buy-in uh, did you really have to, to, to get? Uh, and then also the timeline, how much time did you give, your all, give yourself um, to, de- like, to develop the rollout? Like, how, wh- like if we backdated from May at the launch, like how long did it take you to get there? Well, so the, the, the first question that you asked was about, you know, buy-in and who needed to be on board. Your faculty and advising systems, okay. they need to be on board. They need to be supporting because those are, are where your, your students are really going to be looking to for that ongoing support. You need to have somebody in your admissions office who can just basically own the program and take it and become the subject matter expert. Um, and they have to work really close with your student accounts receivable and also your your financial aid. So I would say that, that it all kind of merged together. And as far as timeline goes and how we did it, not what I would recommend, but we launched the program and made the announcement and then we built it. So um, we knew what the, the skeletal framework would look like. We knew who was going to be involved. Um, but the opportunity presented itself to announce at the policy committee um, because we were also, we knew at that point that we had been named Illumina Talent Hub and we wanted all of that to roll together in the press announcement. So not what I would recommend, but that's how we did it. We announced it and then we basically built the plane while we flew it. No, hey, it's all part of being a disruptor, right? It's, you right. can't always do it the way that, hey, it's by script. This is exactly how we did it. I think you stating that, there's others that are listening right now. They're saying, hey, we already do a couple of things like that already. So why not Why not do exactly. this one as well? I know if you work in higher ed, you know what I'm talking about. So Exactly. It does happen. Well, Don, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Don, if, if anyone wanted to contact you, uh, what would be the, the best way uh, to do that? The best way is through email, and they can do it. It's D-A-W-N dot medley, M-E-D-L-E-Y, and then at Wayne, W-A-Y-N-E dot E-D-U. All right. Well, thank you, Don, and thank you for joining us this week on Reboot Higher Ed. Make sure to visit our website, RebootHigherEd.com, where you can subscribe to the show uh, in iTunes, Google Play, or via via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Thanks for tuning in to Reboot Higher Ed and have a great rest of your day.